The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Water brought you by PropStop, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropStop.com or download the PropSwap app. Water brought you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% deposit match at thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Also brought to you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to stablejewel.com and get started today. Also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Bet Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app now or go over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You may think you're already following it, but we switched the handle off to a new account. So you'll need to re-follow at SGP Soccer to get free soccer plays and information on all of the podcasts. What you're probably following is my Twitter account at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. Lockbetting, sorry. That's where you'll get all of my opinions and all the free plays on all other sports. You'll get information on how to join LockBetting.com if you want to hit me up in the DMs. And you'll get all of the P&Ls. The pin tweet will always be the P&L from the previous month. And we've just landed our 104th month in a row of Transparent Track Profits. So head over to LockBetting.com to sign up for the 105th month. We're already off to a red-hot start here in February, and there is a ton of stuff still to come. We have a massive weekend with a UFC card, the Super Bowl, of course, on Sunday, and all the domestic soccer action in the return of the Champions League in midweek with NBA and NHL plays nearly every single day. So you can be a part of the service as we are en route to 105 months in a row of transparent track profit. And when we get to month number 108, we can say we haven't had a single losing month in sports betting for nine years. And that is a transparent track fact. If you go to the pin tweet at the Twitter account at LockBetting.com, you will see the PL for the previous month. If you click on that PL and then you go to the bottom and you click the tag for PL, 
you can then see all of the other P&Ls on the page. It's fully tracked and transparent because the comment section on there would point out that it isn't if it wasn't because this is 2022. Everybody is very woke. Cancel culture is very much alive. And you couldn't get away with lying about something like this if I took plays away or added plays or if anyway this wasn't real. It is real. Hundreds of clients back it up. And we have made 104 months in a row of transparent tra- transparent track profit. Sorry. And you can be a part of that by heading over to lockbetting.com. Also, follow the Twitter account for BetsMUFC. That's at BetsMUFC, at BetsMUFC. Another episode is dropping shortly as we break down the Man United-Southampton game and look back at the Burnley game, which was a losing lock for us in the EPL. A rarity this season, just six losing locks out of 30, 24 and six record, which means we've landed 80% of our locks and we haven't had a single losing lock since November the 30th. So that was disappointing to navigate the whole Christmas period and all of January and then lose it to Burnley. That's three Man U locks. I've lost this season out of six. Perhaps I should stop locking them up, but it was definitely the right side. We had two goals disallowed in the first half. One of them was absolutely ridiculous. The other one was debatable, but for me, that was still a clear goal. So we were robbed of that lock. It seems like anytime we lose a lock, it is a robbery. We could easily be 30-0 this season in the EPL with our locks. I think the only one which was clear was when Liverpool lost to West Ham. Otherwise, it's been a case of draws or situations that just about didn't get over the line or controversial VAR decisions. But still, 24-6 and is pretty good when we're 80% on the year. We are en route for our strongest lot record, and you'll get another lot record today. Let me also let you know that on this show... We are going to be covering the Club World Cup. The reason I'm doing that here is because you guys are going to get sick of me this week. You're going to hear me talking about the EPL here. You're going to talk about me, uh, hear me talk about Bet MUFC. You're going to hear me talk about Serie A and Scamessa Italia. You're going to hear me talk about UFC on the Fight Show. We also have to do a Super Bowl show as well because all of the contributors on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network have been asked to deliver a Super Bowl show this weekend. And as I already do a Super Bowl, uh, an NFL show, sorry, with Cav Manning on the dirty sheets, I've decided to bring that over to the Sports Gambling Podcast. So I'll be doing a Super Bowl preview here on the SGP as well and we have Champions League returning in midweek so six shows from me in three days I didn't think you needed a seventh that's why I'm not covering the World Club Championship independently I'm covering it here right here on the EPL show I'll be doing that at the end of the show so let's begin with the three o'clock kickoffs of course Man United and Southampton get proceedings started in the EPL but we won't cover that here we cover that exclusively over on BetMUFC so that's where you can get the preview of Man U Southampton and a look back at that terrible result against Burnley but as I said we played pretty well in that game. We should have been 3-0 up at half time. So hopefully things are moving in the right direction for Man U, but we'll talk more about it over at BetMUFC. We'll start with the three o'clock kickoffs here. We start with Brentford at home to Crystal Palace, where Brentford are the 6-4 favourites. It's 21-10 on the draw, and Crystal Palace are the 2-1 underdogs. For me... Palace shouldn't be the underdogs here. Therefore, this value taking them on the pick market where they're even money plus 100, whereas Brentford are 8-11. I'm going to go with Palace, given that Brentford have lost their last six games in all competitions. The Bees have also conceded 18 goals during that run and have only scored four for themselves. That is relegation form, scoring four goals in six games and conceding 18. That's certainly relegation form. This Palace team are unbeaten in their last three away from home, winning one and drawing two. Uh, They have managed just one clean sheet away this season so this could be a game with goals but I like Crystal Palace as a 2-1 to underdog. I definitely like them as a pick because this pushes if Brentford do get a draw out of the game. I also like goals in this game, given that both teams have scored in six of Brentford's last eight and there have been over two and a half goals in six of Brentford's last eight Premier League home games as well. But 
The play is going to be on Palace as a pick because I don't think that Brentford should be the favourites here in this game. Up next, we move over to Everton versus Leeds, where Everton are the 13 to 10 favourites to win this game. If you shop around, you can get Everton at 6 to 4. It's the best price available. It's 13 to 5 here on the draw, and it's 15 to 8 here on Leeds. Leeds got a very good result coming back from 3-1 down against Aston Villa, but Aston Villa let them in through the back door. Everton just looked poor after we clashed them as a as a winning lock last week and they were convincing against Brentford. They looked poor against Newcastle. Granted, Newcastle have signed players, but um, Everton shouldn't be that Jekyll and Hyde that really has been the story of their season. I do want to take Everton here and I do think they'll find a way to win the game. I think Everton as a pick is a sensible play. But I can't look back past both teams to score at 4-6, to six, minus 150. The value on here is the standout play here from this game. Everton have seen both teams to score in 8 of their last 10, whereas Leeds have conceded 23 goals in their last 8 games, and they've scored 16 at the other end. So they're scoring two a game. And they're conceding nearly three. The average scoreline is Leeds losing 3-2. And I honestly think Leeds could lose this game 3-2. So that's a really, really um, strong statistical data trend there. And uh, Everton have won just one of their last 15 Premier League league games, which is why it's difficult to take them here and why we're going for the goals. Both teams have scored in four Everton's last six Premier League home games and Leeds' last four Premier League away games. They've all produced over 3.5 goals. So both teams to score here is the standout play, and that's what we're going to take at 4-6, to six, minus 150 in this game between Everton and Leeds tomorrow. Up next, we move on to Watford versus Brighton. This is the last three o'clock kickoff tomorrow where Watford are the 11-4 underdogs. It's 9-4 on the draw and it's 21-20 here on Brighton. Difficult to know what to do with this game. Watford have been very, very cagey so far under Roy Hodgson. Their two games under, under him have produced just one goal with Watford failing to score in any of them. I think this one could be another one that goes under the two and a half goals. I also like Watford on the double chance market to avoid a defeat because Brighton draw too many games. And you're getting Watford on the double chance market at four to five minus 125 here. They've improved defensively, conceded just once in the two games under Hodgson, whereas Brighton have won just once across the last 12 away games in all competitions. And the Seagulls have won just six of the 22 league games this season, drawing a lot of games if you look through their records. Uh, they've drawn one one actually in four of their last five league games so one one individually which is what I think the score will be here is available at 13 to 2 if you're interested but my play my main play here is going to be for under two and a half goals I just don't see three goals in this game especially the way Watford are playing under Roy Hodgson they don't look like they're going to score many goals but at the same time they look defensively solid and there's value on that play here at four to six minus 150. Up next, we move on to Norwich versus Man City, where City are the one to eight favourites away to Norwich. It's eight to one on the draw, and Norwich are the huge twenty to one underdogs here. I think you have to take Manchester City to win this game and to win it by more than a goal. Manchester City on the minus one point five Asian handicap line doesn't really offer you too much value when it's being offered to you here at 1 to 2 minus 200 therefore we're going to go to the minus 2 this pushes 
if Manchester City win by two goals. It loses if they win by one or draw or lose the game. And it wins if City win by three or more goals. That's what we need. But I just don't see Norwich staying in this enough to compete with Manchester City to just lose by one. So I think your push is pretty solid. Manchester City minus two on the Asian handicap line is available at three to four. And I think that's the most sensible way to play this game. I also don't see Norwich City scoring a goal. Brentford didn't come close to scoring a goal in midweek. So I think Manchester City could win this one with a clean sheet as well. They have won 10 of their last 11 in all competitions and six of those wins have been by two or more goals. Five of Norwich's last six defeats have been by at least two goals and um, I feel that we're going to see more of the same here in this one. City have been winners on nine of the last 11 Premier League away days and they have won eight of the last 14 games to nil. And I expect the same here tomorrow against Norwich. So Manchester City minus two on the Asian handicap line, but I also like Manchester City to nil here in this one. Up next, we move on to Sunday's games and we start with Burnley at home to Liverpool. Burnley are the 11-1 underdogs. It's 5-1 on the draw and Liverpool are the 2-7 favourites. This is the game where Salah and Mane are going to come back into the team. And this is going to be bad news for Burnley. I'm going to take Liverpool to win and to cover the handicap here. So Liverpool minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap line. And that one is available here at 10 to 11. Burnley put up a spirited performance against Man United, but they should have been three or four down at half time. Definitely 2-0 down. One of those goals being disallowed was ridiculous. And I don't think they'll be as lucky here against Liverpool. They're going to be more prolific than Man United. And they're probably not going to be as bad as Man U were in the second half or switch off. So therefore, if we get the Burnley team that played in the first 45 minutes against Man United, Liverpool are going to take them to pieces. Burnley have won only once in 20 games this season. Liverpool have won their last five games by two or more goals and have won four successive visits to Turf Moor where they've scored 11 goals. Jota is the informed player in the absence of Salah Mane. He has scored five times in his last four matches. So comfortable day for Liverpool. Good value here as well at 10 to 11 minus 110 and we'll be taking them on the Asian handicap line here in this one. Up next, we move on to Newcastle home to Aston Villa, where it's 17 to 10 here on the Geordies. It's 12 to 5 on the draw, and Aston Villa are the narrow 6 to 4 plus 150 favourites here in this one. Um, this is a game where you have to take the goals. Both teams to score here is available at 7 to 10. I think there's significant value here on the play. There have been goals at both ends in three of Newcastle's last four league games. Both teams to score has been a winning bet in seven of Villa's last 10 in the Premier League. And um, it should have been in their FA Cup game against Man United as well. Villa have scored in seven of the last nine away games in the league. And um, both teams have to score has been a winning bet in five of Newcastle's last seven Premier League home games. And nine of Newcastle's 22 league matches this season have actually produced over three and a half goals. So 
After seeing the way Aston Villa defended in midweek, I find it very difficult to see them keeping a clean sheet. And likewise here, when you have the likes of Coutinho and Watkins and all the players that Villa have bought, these attacking players like Bendia, etc., I think it's going to be very difficult for Newcastle to contain them. Yes, they've made signings, but I don't think they've sorted things out on a defensive end. I do think they'll stay up this season, but I don't think it's going to be because they're keeping loads of clean sheets. And this is a game that I've earmarked for goals. Much like the Everton Leeds one, it's very difficult to separate these two plays in terms of which game is going to deliver the most goals but I like both teams to score in both of them and we're getting even better pricey than the 4-6 in that one with us actually getting 7-10 to 10 on our chosen selection for both teams to find a net here in this game. Up next we move on to Tottenham at home to Wolves where Spurs are the 4-6 favourites. It's 11-4 on the draw and it's 19-4 here on Wolves. Tottenham really squandered three points against Southampton. They ended up with nothing losing 3-2 at home being ahead twice in that game. I think I could make a case for Wolves getting something here against Spurs as well, which would certainly help me as a Man United supporter. Tottenham have only won three of their last seven games. They are having a little bit of dip at the moment, whereas Wolves have avoided defeating eight of their 11 away trips this season. Tottenham have conceded in each of their last seven matches and Wolves haven't conceded more than once in a game since November. So, This could be a a 1-1 draw. That's what the data indicates here. For me, Wolves are a very difficult team to break down. Even though they lost to Arsenal in midweek, it was only a 1-0 defeat. It's very difficult to put two goals past this team. Therefore, I also like the under in this game. I'm going to lean towards the under instead of taking Wolves to avoid a defeat because I could see a scenario where Tottenham nick a 1-0 win. They do have the better quality. Wolves are quality players, but Son and Kane are the two best players on the pitch and I can see them moving this game into Tottenham's direction, even though the data supports Wolves to get something in it. I'm going to take the under two and a half goals and that one is available at 7-10 to here in this game. We move on to our final game here from the EPL slate and it features Leicester home to West Ham where shockingly Kurt Zuma is going to play. Now, we might as well touch on this. Obviously, a lot of you now have seen the video where he kicked and punched his cat. Um, people have gone crazy. We're very, very much pet people here in the UK. I don't think you need to be a pet person to see that that was not a very nice or clever thing to do. It was idiotic, actually. But I think the the comments of Mikel Antonio, where he said, is it as bad as racism? Where he was saying that players who have been racist have had lesser punishments than, than Kurt Zuma. I just don't understand how both things just can't be bad. And we have to decide which one is worse. In my opinion... In my opinion, and I think I can have this opinion as I'm I'm someone of a ethnic background. I'm actually Asian. Um, I think I would rather be racially abused than kicked and punched where I had to go to hospital. I think I would rather have something said to me than be physically beaten up. That's just my opinion. I, I don't know what other people think. But if I had to say what was worse, I would say from my position... Being kicked and punched is probably worse. And other people argue that humans are more important than than animals. And I also understand that point of view as well. But I think that the punishment that he got was valid. And I think that the punishment that people get for, for racism is not enough. But to say that 
one punishment or one situation is related to another. It isn't. It's like looking at two terrible people in history. We could look at um, Jimmy Savile, who was a famous TV presenter, who was a massive paedophile, who was exposed as a paedophile. Or we could look at Adolf Hitler and say, who was worse? Was it the guy that killed millions of people or was it the guy who abused hundreds of children like why do we need to decide it's both both examples are terrible both people are horrendous if you believe in hell they're both there so i don't understand why we need to have this argument kicking a cat is a terrible thing to do being racist is a terrible thing to do we don't need to decipher which one is worse? But West Ham's conduct throughout this thing has been terrible. Yes, they fined him um, for that. But at the same time, they played him immediately after. Then there was a situation where there was a story that came out that they disciplined him. And now they were going to ban him afterwards because of all the bad publicity. And they haven't even done that because he's in the squad and he'll be in the team to play against Leicester. So all the attention will be on that. And look, I am trying to... Um, keep my podcasts away from from politics and trying to not talk about the pandemic and vaccines and Joe Rogan and everything else that divides people. I'm, I'm trying to change my philosophy and my mentality towards things where I look at a Michael Jordan saying where it was a case of, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, as long as you buy Jordans. I think it was something to that effect where he basically said he didn't pick a side because both sides put money in his pocket. And I think that's a, a very um, clever way to to operate where you don't put your cards on the table and say, I am this and I am that, or I think this and I think that. I'm trying to keep my views off my content and, and off my Twitter, etc. I think people know what side of the the fence I, I sit on with with, with with some of the things that I, I retweet and whatnot. And I'll openly say that I want this pandemic ended and I'm in favour of, and I'm not in favour of mandates and passports and, and things that affect our freedoms, because I think that's a side that everybody should be on. And if you don't want people to have freedoms, then I don't know what type of person you are, but as for my polit- political preferences or my medical preferences or my opinion as to is a paedophile worse than a murderer or is kicking a cat worse than saying racist things on the internet, I'm not here to to decide that for you. That's really down to you. But I do think that somebody doing something and somebody else saying well, it's not as bad as this. I think that's a stupid argument. Yet, it was getting a lot of coverage and a lot of people seem to agree with uh, with Mikel Antonio. And I think that says a lot about the... Um about Twitter and social media and and the internet, but but let's move on to this game. I felt like we we obviously had to address that. I couldn't just skip past the Kurt Zuma situation. I mean, maybe some people haven't seen it. I just did a podcast today on on Keep It One Hundred where everybody hadn't seen it, so we just assume sometimes if something's a massive story in England that it has got around the world. I mean, th- this was big. It got two hundred and fifty grand fine, but. I don't think you could turn around and say that it's unjustified because racists have, have had less or or other people were talking about um, Harry Kane getting less for having a fight on, on the holiday or, or whatever. I just think that, that things do get a little bit 
ridiculous. And, and sometimes I feel that um, I do need to take a, a couple of days or, or a week off social media and just uh, separate myself from the nonsense. But Anyway, this game, uh, I don't know if I did the prices already. I'll do them again. Leicester are 15 to 8 underdogs. It's 13 to 5 on the draw. And West Ham are the 13 to 10 favourites. All the stats say West Ham should, should win this game. That's why they are the, the favourites. But um, I think Leicester need to put out a decent performance. I think they need to get something from this game. Statistically, everything points to West Ham. Leicester have lost three of the last four. West Ham have won six of their seven visits to bottom half teams, which is what Leicester are at the moment. And we were talking about Brendan Rodgers potentially being the, the next Manchester United man- manager. And now we're talking about him potentially being the next manager to go. Um, the Hammers have won their last three meetings with Leicester, which, I, which is why I think it's very difficult to bet against West Ham here, but simply because I think these teams on paper are even, even without Jamie Vardy. If you look at the players, if you're another team here, I'm a Manchester United supporter. If you're looking at these two sides, you're probably going to want to buy more players from Leicester than you're going to want to buy from West Ham. I think Declan Rice walks into the Manchester United team. But then when you look at this Leicester team, you look at Ndidi and Tielemans and Madison and Pereira, and Casper uh, Schmeichel and Soyonku, these are like appealing players. These are top players. And I also think like Dakar is going to be a top striker. So there's a lot of decent players here. And this team shouldn't be doing as badly as they're doing. So I think there could be some value on taking Leicester on the double chance market to avoid a defeat here at 8-13. They did look like they were very, very difficult to play against for Liverpool and it took some time for Liverpool to break them down, albeit they were missing Salah and Mane and Salah came on late on, which is when they got the second goal, but it wasn't by Salah, even though he was trying his best. He tried. He had plenty of attempts late on, but it was Jota who scored twice in that game. But they were a difficult team to break down and if they play with that much effort here, I think they they will bounce back from these two defeats and get something from this game, which of course helps the the other teams going for the top four, which is Tottenham, Arsenal and Manchester United. So I'm going to hesitantly take Leicester on the double chance market, but don't expect that to be an official play this weekend over at LockBain.com. Moving over to the Club World Cup, Chelsea have managed to find their way into the final predictably and predictably they'll play Palmeiras. Chelsea are the 8-13 to favourites on the money line here. It's 13-5 to the draw and it's 9-2 on Palmeiras. To lift the trophy, Chelsea are the one to three minus three hundred favourites with Palmeiras available at five to two plus two fifty. I think there is some significant value here on Palmeiras. Now, um, the reports that we're getting is that Chelsea are very much on holiday mode here. They're out relaxing on the beaches. And previously, when Chelsea went to a club World Cup, they lost the club World Cup. Now, obviously, it's worth noting that South American teams have got weaker and the European teams have got a lot stronger. And it's almost an automatic for some people, that Chelsea should come here and win. But as I alluded to, Chelsea are the only European team in recent history to not win. They lost 1-0 to Corinthians back in 2012. And I think there is value on Palmeiras managing to win. And that's largely because 
This means everything to the South Americans. It's very weird that this is barely talked about over in the UK or even in Europe. It's going to be on E4 tomorrow. Actually, they've moved it off E4. It's going to be on Channel 4, which is not a big channel. It's not a football channel. It shows you that the BBC and ITV and Sky Sports and BT, they weren't interested in this game. They didn't think it was worth buying this game because the level of interest for this Club World Cup isn't there. But it means everything to Palmeiras, which is why I think they're a live underdog here. However, the best play on this on this game is going to be on the under two and a half goals. Chelsea were unconvincing in that first game, only winning 1-0 over Al-Hilal in the previous round. And Palmeiras are a far better team than them. Under two and a half goals has been a winning bet in six of Palmeiras' last seven games. And there have been under two and a half goals scored in each of Chelsea's last six, with Palmeiras conceding just once in their last seven. So... I am not expecting fireworks here. At the end of the day, this is a final. This is a final of the World Club Championship. I think finals are cagey. And I think the data here supports the caginess. Sometimes you get a cagey final between two attacking teams. Look at the final between Bayern Munich and PSG in the Champions League. Nobody had that as a 1-0. But it was. It was a 1-0 to Bayern Munich. So... I think this one, not only would it be cagey because the it's a final, but it's cagey because the data says this is two teams that don't deliver a lot of goals. So I think getting under two and a half goals here at the price of five to seven does represent some very solid value from this game. Moving on with your locks here from the show, and I'm actually going to take a lock from the Club World Championship. I think that play is too good to pass up. So lock number one, and it's going to be a double lock here. And obviously this one isn't from the EPL, but under two and a half goals in the Club World Championship is too big to pass up given the data. So that's going to be your first lock under two and a half goals between Chelsea and Palmeiras, which is available at five to seven. And your second lock here on this show, I was very torn between Everton and Leeds and Newcastle and Aston Villa in terms of both teams scoring in both of those games. I've decided to go with the first one, Everton versus Leeds, both teams to score. Overwhelming data here, Everton have seen both teams score in eight of their last 10 Premier League games. But Leeds have conceded 23 in their last eight games and have scored 16 at the other end. So if Leeds are scoring two goals per game and are conceding nearly three with their average scoreline being a 3-2 loss across their last eight games, and that's a good sample size, I don't see how we don't take both teams to score here. If we lose, we lose, but it's the perfect spot as far as the data goes, and that's what we're going to go with here. Both teams to score between Everton and the Leeds, and that's available at 4-6 to six minus 150. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always, and thanks for listening.